Hey, it's Larry. Uh, Thanks for listening. Happy New Year. Real quick, before we get into this episode, I had such an amazing, eye-opening, life-changing experience at the World Parkinson Congress in Kyoto that I want others to have that opportunity, too. So Becca Miller and I and 24 of our PD community friends have launched a year-long WPC Travel Grant Fundraiser. We're each doing a two-week Facebook fundraiser. Mine's underway right now because my birthday's January 9th. All the money raised will be used to help offset travel costs so more people with young-onset Parkinson's can attend the next WPC in Barcelona in 2022. You can search out details on the When Life Gives You Parkinson's Facebook page or donate directly to the WPC website. Go to wpc2022.org slash yopdfund. If you or your business would like to supply matching funds... Hey, good on you. Email me at parkinsonspot at curiouscast.ca. And now, on with the show. Hi, I'm Larry Gifford. I have Parkinson's disease. And I'm in Kyoto, Japan for the World Parkinson Congress. This is the official podcast for the 5th World Parkinson Congress, a collaboration with the World Parkinson Coalition, and my other podcast, When Life Gives You Parkinson's. June 5th was day two of four for the WPC 2019 in Kyoto, Japan. As you walk around the convention center, there are posters everywhere, lots of posters that detail research that has been done in different areas of Parkinson's. And if you walk over to P37.12, Parkinson's smell levels, symptom management, and empowerment when Joy met Allison. Now we are going to meet Joy and Allison together. Hello, I'm Joy Milne. I'm known now as the woman who can smell Parkinson's, and I'm from Perth in Scotland. Thank you. And it's Alison Williams. Alison. Hi, Alison. How are you? I am very well, thank you. Uh, I, I, I saw on the poster you're doing well. Yes, I've just been playing table tennis. Oh, wow. How's um, that going? It was fine until I was playing against one of the young Japanese guys who had this backslash sort of um, uh. backhand <laughs> thing, and he was, I mean, he... he was very respectful for a while you know he treated me like a like a grandmother mm-hmm. and then I started getting a little bit edgy and he got a bit more edgy and then wham <laughs> he got you got too cheeky for him I did yes but I got in a couple of really good ones that just nicked off the end of the table and left him standing it was fantastic <laughs> <laughs> could you have done that before uh, she smelled you out <laughs> that's one way of putting it no I couldn't have done it the first anywhere like that the first time that um, Joy smelled me, but um, by the second time, when my smell levels had gone down to one, I could have wiped the floor with him. Well, uh, tried to done done a good fair job at it. I believe you. <laughs> Thousands wouldn't, yeah. <laughs> She's worked harder. She's been on the bike. <laughs> And the rowing machine. <laughs> I've used my nose. <laughs> Talk me through the levels. The levels? Well, it's this one, believe it or not, is quite difficult. Level one. Um, I have to hunt. My nose makes me hunt. It's, it's just one of these things. I can follow molecules to wherever they're going. And it's not smells I smell. I begin to smell the decreasing molecules. I have synesthesia, so that's you know, it's one of my things. So I have to really look here for the molecules it is mainly the person here here it is the sebum musk smell it is not quite half and half but not far off it so it's a lot easier to detect level two level three again is difficult because 
there's very little person left and I can get the PD but I have to find the person as well. You know, it, it's, it's an interaction of you know, the molecules that are, to make it that level three because level four is too strong. There isn't a person, it's only Parkinson's. And this one, I've only smelt it twice and it is, I can smell it from here. This whole thing about smell and it's knowing what my smell is and I've developed a I've got this wonderful new word called interoception, which is like perception, but it's as perception of what's going on inside me. So with knowing what my smell level is, I now know what that feels like physically and emotionally and mentally. So if I find myself slipping from a one up to a two, usually because of stress or a virus or something like that, I know what I can do to actually bring my smell level back down again and that is phenomenal that is That's empowering oh hugely yes hugely empowering and so she she was able to get these outcomes by doing what what she has done is um she started off with tai chi slowly you know it wasn't a i'm going off to do everything um which is not good for anybody and then she thought about the pilates and dance as uh, she does latin movers she then got herself a gym trainer who understands her ups and down days which was really good for her and the amazing thing is her partner and her david and her decided to do the big japanese drums when she started, she could not keep in rhythm. Now she's in perfect rhythm. And I think that's nice. The outcome of the story is that she is now in perfect rhythm right and left. That's amazing. Mm. And then do you think the drumming helped you with the ping pong? No, there's a thought. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because, but it all works in together, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, the drumming is fantastic. The um, how does it? The latest one that we that we learned was suit don suit don duck on don don suit don suit don duck on don don suit don suit don duck on don don duck on don don duck on don 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 duck on don 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 duck on don and so on and it's just magical. You have to imagine the huge sticks that I'm raising above my head and beating these huge drums with. Oh, that's a good image. I like that. <laughs> so let me ask you both. Mm-hmm. You've you've got this research. You 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 know it's true. It's true for you. It's yes. it's, mm-hmm. it's it's self evident for you. How hard is it to get people to pay attention to it? I mentioned it this afternoon when I was asking a question in the wearables technology session, and the panelists. Well, they were polite. (laughs) One less so. I think that, but afterwards I got three or four people coming up and talking to me about it from from the audience. Most of them PWPs. It's, It's out there and the interest is intense. And I think it's going to go, because it's... It's backed up by Purdy and Joy's work together. It's backed up by real, solid, physical evidence. So it's backed up by the molecules um, and the spectrometry. That's great. 
Perdi has said that you know, Manchester University would be interested if I want to continue with the work. So um, we've done it one-to-one, -one, but hopefully we can do it with more people to actually prove that it is makes a difference. But you know, if uh, this was like the 1700s, they'd be strapping her to some, a wood pole and burning her. Yeah. <laughs> the wood? I mean, yeah. I... I <laughs> I said this to I, I, you know, most of my family have been burned to the stake, I think, probably. <laughs> and there's just a few of us left. <laughs> but yeah, it's fun. But I've enjoyed doing this with a, a huge result at the end. So now we're going to walk over to the corner of the room where we have a round table and three guests, including Joy, who you've just met, and two others. Hello, everybody. My name's Matt Eagles. I work in healthcare communications. I've had Parkinson's for 43 years, and I'm the founder of the uh, educational tool called Parky Life. He was diagnosed when he was seven years old. That is unbelievable. Yes. Hello there, I'm Johnny Atchison. Um, did you forget where you're from? Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> I did. I did. Sorry, Larry. I'm from Leicester in the UK, and recently I was described as the man who draws Parkinson's. Oh, nice. Yeah. So uh, this was day two of the World Parkinson's Congress, or yesterday was day zero, and today's day one, or whatever it is. <laughs> it's my second day here, so we're calling it day two. Uh, I want to find out from each of you uh, maybe one or two things that you learned today that you're excited about, or or something that just made you think differently about Parkinson's. For me, um, I went to the talk um, that Baz Bloom did, looking at the clinical differences, about, and it was the role play. I thought the role play, the Mr. and Mrs. Lees, were, they were absolutely fantastic uh, about the, the situation of the morning, we were just speaking about it, all the role play in the morning and how you know, late and you know, and then he was saying he was going to uh, you know, give up his job and she was saying, no, no, we have to maintain our lifestyle, etc. And it was the, the role of the tension in the marriage after the diagnosis of Parkinson's and how it was beautifully dealt with in the end by Baz doing the interview of a consultant giving them advice. Uh, that's really fascinating. It's something that probably comes up in all of our households of, uh, you know, uh, I, I've been married for 20 years this August, and our marriage has changed since the Parkinson's diagnosis. I, I Just the other day, like, we used to be fabulous communicators. I communicate for a living, but for some reason we find ourselves not understanding each other from time to time, and it's very frustrating. And, you know, and having those discussions about, you know, what are we going to do when uh, when you can't work anymore? And maybe you should take it easy. And maybe you're doing too much. And, you know, and having those discussions. I have a very similar situation. The interesting thing with me, though, Larry, is because my wife knew I had Parkinson's when she married me. I was because at, you weren't married at six. No, I, do you know what? That's uh, quite true, actually. <laughs> no, but it's funny because <laughs> you've come. <laughs> that is brilliantly observed, Larry, and I like hey, that. that you've just I still have it. <laughs> you do indeed. <laughs> now, what it was, um, we still have, as my Parkinson's develops, as it naturally will, the dynamic in our relationship changes. But one thing I do find is I have a 17-year-old stepson and he never, ever, ever has mentioned the fact that I've got Parkinson's. Do you think he knows? <laughs> <laughs> he does know, but he just treats me like I'm an ordinary guy, which I absolutely love. 
you're an extraordinary guy. Let me just say it. I know this is a podcast, but I'm blushing. <laughs> I mean, I think kids just get on with life and what's in front of them, um, and they, they they deal with it in their in their own way. And I think as a family, you know, I've been very very appreciative of of the conversations that we've had of the of the through the hard times and th- through the difficult times just having somebody by your side that you can you can talk to that you can open up to um, that you can drill down and get into the nitty gritty is, is is just so important can I think can I just say Larry one thing I think is critical and I've really observed it in the Parkinson's families getting on people from different generations with the same disease has been an inspiration for me yeah. I don't know anybody when you see somebody who's who's elderly or more older than you or younger than you but you realise you're actually dealing with the same things every day it's really quite brings quite powerful emotions to the fore I um, in Scotland have now met a lot of like Janet Kerr and Martin Taylor um, a lot of uh, young people with Parkinson's and they're doing such phenomenal things collecting uh, funds for research etc and I think they're inspirational I really do think that. yeah I mean I think it, it's it's I think what's for for me the, the the wonderful thing about this conference is just you know how everybody can learn from each other educate each other you know I'm, I'm only sort of three years in but um, you know learning from other pe- people with Parkinson's learning from, you know, care partners who've who've had um, who've been living with with, with somebody with, with Parkinson's for for many years. It's the, the conversations that I've had. It, it, it's just been absolutely fantastic. Joy, Joy, I'd be curious uh, when you first whiffed Parkinson's in your house. Uh, <laughs> did you see your relationship evolve and change? And like, do you have any advice for for other women who maybe have part like our wives, like? Talk to our wives. What, what would you say to them? Well, I would say that if you can watch the Mr. and Mrs. Lees with Baz Bloom, yes, you will have periods where you feel frustrated. But I think you have to um, look at these and be really honest with each other. I think you have to be really honest with each other. And I think it's great having kids. I really do. My sons were teenagers. They were a rock for us. They really were. And don't worry about them growing up, because you're right. They do grow up with it, and they accept it, and they can be somehow inspirational on sort of a... I remember leaning against one of my sons one day after I'd had quite a frustrating day, just leaning there, and he didn't move. And I said, oh, that's really nice. You know, and he knew I just... And he put his arms around me, and he knew I needed a cuddle, and that is how it goes. That is so... A such sweet song with that. The, the power of the relationship dynamic between parent and child is so strong, I think. And it's stories and moments like that that make you think, yeah, I like my life now. When you can get comfort from people in your own family, it, it is the best feeling ever. Yeah. Matt, what are, you, what are you taking away from day two? Day two has been the most incredible day for me because... I, le- I know how I've learned how caring 
people in general are not just about people with Parkinson's. When I first saw you this morning, Larry, I think you'd agree I was sweaty. I was really sweaty. I think the term is hyperhydrotic. My body's uh, ability to heat itself or control its own body temperature had gone haywire. And the number of people that came past said hello and asked how you are. It just came to me how compassionate people in the... Not only people in the Parkinson's community, but everybody, even helpers, everyone at this conference has been amazing. And I... It's my first ever conference, and I thought there might be a few people who might not get on, but everybody seems to be getting on. And that, to me, is a joy and a success in itself. So I went to uh, the session on levodopa and doing agonists, how to find a balance between the good and the not so good, uh, which was um, it, it was just brilliant. The, the last session um, was by uh, Annette Han from the UK uh, on, on impulse control. And personally, I think that it, it's probably the best talk I've been to so far. Um, just the way she, the way she um, laid it out, um, it's, it's a topic that I don't think overly discussed uh, openly within the, within the community and um, you know there was a, a lot of good points around how doctors should counsel patients before being started on agonists um, there was a lot of good advice on um, how you, you should monitor that and, and how it can be quite subtle uh, and just having somebody uh, there beside you um, monitoring it um, was, was very 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 useful well, it's one of those things that people joke about uh, because I know I get asked every time I go to uh, the neurologist here, you, you, you shopping in the middle of the night or you don't know, yeah. I'm like, should I be? I, I, I yeah. could use some new stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but it's a serious issue yeah. and, and it's, it is, it's a reaction to the medication and we need to be conscious of it and we need to support each other and monitor each other for sure. What questions do we have left? As we've got a you know day and a half or two days left here, what what, what are you hoping to learn? What do you, what questions do you have? Or what what are you what are you seeing as some of the trends that are coming out of this? I would like to see advocacy, patient advocacy. I would like to see a more caring, um, rounded. I mean, I did a talk on pre. Um, symptoms before the motor symptoms and someone there was from Parkinson's UK and she was horrified about what I said about changes in sexuality etc and I said look she came the next day she said well, well you know, these people don't want to hear about do you know the response I had in the group after I had spoken about it was phenomenal people were coming and asking me both carers and people with Parkinson's saying it's the first time somebody's spoken about it. Well, just today we were talking about earwax, and I'd never yes. heard anybody talk about that, but yeah. my, my, my wife's constantly picking the ear. Mm-hmm. What do you have in your ear? It's constantly flaking See, out of my... Yeah. That's what I, you know, we, 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 we know about the increase of sebum, and uh, where's the next lot of sebum from here and here? It's in there. And Les had lots of earwax on his pillow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm absolutely intrigued by this conversation because I had no idea. But what, what you did say, Joy, about the actual dealing with things that people find awkward to deal with, it's so true. And one thing that I'd like to hear about 
and it, I'd like to hear from people with Parkinson's and their carers is do certain symptoms prevent you going out and enjoying yourself because I now have problems with an urge to go to the bathroom for example but I need to sit down because if I try and stand up I wheel over my own trousers so I need to get go somewhere where I can use a sit down bathroom uh, which brings me into quite a funny story actually which I think I told you earlier oh, yeah. about the Japanese toilet giving me dyskinesia when I pressed the wrong button <laughs> and I got to jet of warm water that I wasn't quite expecting and, that, <laughs> and it caused me such bad dyskinesia that I fell off the toilet <laughs> I quite enjoy the Japanese toilets. <laughs> I do now. I know what it is, but I wasn't expecting it at all. Johnny, how would you like to, uh, for the listeners at home, uh, describe the Japanese toilet? Well, I have to say, whenever I sat down for the first time when I arrived in Japan, there were an awful lot of buttons to press. So I... Uh, just out of interest, I, I just went along, went along the, the line and pressed them all. And... Um, <laughs> And um, I, at one particular uh, press, I had to take a a, a deep in, in, in inhalation of breath. Um, <laughs> and, and then and then I pressed it again and, and wouldn't stop. So um, then I panicked, and then um, my tremor got a bit worse. And then I stood up. Um, and automatically flush the chain. <laughs> so uh, I, uh, I, I learned I learned very quickly. Uh, but it was an interesting um, it was an interesting experience. I can't wait to see the cartoon he draws about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, number one, Peel. Number two. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much uh, for taking time to talk about the conference with me today. It's and I hope pleasure. you enjoy the rest of the conference. Thanks. Thank you. Thank, Thank you very much, Larry. Thanks very much, Larry. <laughs> the Lurk 2 gene and genetics in general is a big topic here at the World Parkinson Congress. And I've bumped into my buddy, Dr. Matt Ferrer and a friend of his. Uh, Yoshio Tsuboya from uh, Fukuoka University, Japan. So we're familiar with Matt on the podcast. He's the genetic genius that mapped my genome. Mm -hmm. Didn't find anything. He said I was unremarkable, which is, (laughs) you know, I I like to think of myself a little (laughs) bit more special. more remarkable every day. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, So so Matt, uh, how how do you guys know each other? Uh, So we we met uh, when I worked at Mayo Clinic um, many years ago. 2000. 2003, I was in Mayo Green. Okay. And we worked on uh, some projects um, mapping disease genes in a a very rare form of Parkinsonism, Parkinson's disease called Perry syndrome. And what is Perry syndrome? Uh, Yes, Perry syndrome. I I met uh, the first patient in Perry syndrome in Fukuoka, and uh, he was very young onset, and they have very unique uh, features, including their weight loss and uh, uh, severe uh, hypoventilation and then stop the respiration at night. It's a very uh, peculiar disease. Now, when you've, when you've discovered the, these side diseases, these, these other, other avenues of Parkinsonisms, does it help us better understand this crazy thing, that we're, this condition that we're all dealing oh, with? Oh, yes, yes, yes. It's a very uh, unpredictable 
and weight loss, and、uh, I think that、uh, the family history of、uh, sudden death or early onset of Parkinson's disease or suicide. So, so the weight loss and, and the depression and suicide in these particular families is, is a very extreme, if、right. you like,、uh, manifestation of what you might find in in idiopathic. So, so as we're as we're trying to figure out idiopathic Parkinson's disease, this gives us sort of a, an extreme version that we can then play off of and sort of help, you know, reduce those symptoms in people with idio. We can learn from、uh, these families、uh, about their molecular problem, and we can extrapolate from that to the garden variety disease and see if this is, is a similar molecular problem in garden variety Parkinson's disease and、Great. idiopathic disease. So, so what's the next big breakthrough you're hoping for genetics as it relates to Parkinson's? It's a kind of the、uh, new treatment、uh, depend on the, some、uh, genetic、uh, insights. I think. I think so. so still, still, we have uh, some. Uh, so, for example, this time, not、uh, present lock、uh, two issue. That's an important gene、uh, to make uh, uh, Parkinson's disease. Yeah, it's a great target, and it's a great、um, focus for therapeutic development. And, and what, how many? What percentage would that affect? Like less than ten? It's challenging to put a number on it. So many. I many, just did. I, I know you. It's not that hard.、Did. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think、uh, say ten percent of Parkinson's. Yeah. Yeah. But that's significant. I mean, that's、yeah. a. It's not it's, like 0.01 percent. No, it's a big chunk. It's, it's, it's a big chunk. I mean, that's sig-、yeah. scientifically significant. Yeah. So there are many, many, many risk factors、yeah. in LOCT, and in many populations in the world, they're all rather different. Well,、uh, no pressure, guys, but but we need help now.、Drug. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so I know. Don't、uh, we? Bring it up. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we don't. We don't have Parkinson's disease, but we're the same. We feel that we're running out of time. Yeah. All the time. Right. And we have to hurry up. We have to speed up. And、uh, we have. That's why these types of meetings are really important, bringing people together to try and share ideas. Well, thank you, Kampai. Kampai, yes, yeah, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. From Kyoto, Japan, for Curious Cast and the World Parkinson Coalition, this is WPC 2019. Visit WPC2019.org to learn about the Fifth World Parkinson Congress, a global Parkinson's event. That opens its doors to all members of the Parkinson's community, including those living with the disease. Follow updates on this year's WPC on Twitter at World PD Congress, or follow the hashtag WPC2019. If you'd like to help spread the word about the podcast, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free. Search for WPC2019 and When Life Gives You Parkinson's. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you get streaming audio. You can also listen at curiouscast.ca and wpc2019.org. You can also connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just look up at Parkinson's Pod or email Parkinson's Pod at curiouscast.ca. WPC is written and produced by me, Larry Gifford. Dila Velasquez is our story producer. Sound designed by Rob Johnston. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.